0: This week on Out Now with Aaron and I, we are talking bros and smile.
1: Yeah, bro. Wink. We are now recording. This is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Hello, how are you? Hi, Aaron. Uh, hi, Abe. <laughs> out now is a film podcaster. where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, or not, however, <laughs> we, however, we dig it's not one of our special episodes. It's one of our regular that's episodes tomorrow. We talk. We we dig into movies most the most spoiler your review. The occasional commentary track of other, other fun movie Topic this episode four five hundred and nine five hundred nine. 509, I mean, it's
0: 100 more than the 409, the uh, all purpose spray. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And
0: this week we have a double header.
1: We are talking bros and smile. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm actually just smiling really widely. I figured like that the, was like the yeah, poster that that made that the was sense. silent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't really do it. Speaking of which, joining us to discuss both films this today, we have Fleming, Fleming Noir Artur, Grinning Like a Maniac. It's Terrence Johnson. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Terrence. Hi. And we can also tell that you're also smiling and grinning. Uh yes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, glad to have you. Yeah,
2: glad to have you back here, Terrence, of course. Happy yeah. to happy to have um happy to be on. Happy to have talking about a gay movie not in Pride Month, like I thought <laughs> this podcast might do uh with fire island but didn't <laughs> okay t- taking notes for next year i think either february or october is is uk uh lgbt history month i don't know if it's one of the two but i think they, something in the uk um perfect
1: yeah, yeah there we go the window
2: <laughs> all right <laughs>
1: uh well let's get some show notes here um it's October. It is October, as pointed yeah. out here, and that means mm-hmm. that our our horror specials have begun. We started recording our horror themed episodes that are going to be coming every Friday of this month. Um, always a lot of fun to do. We released our first one, which focused on hero horror squads, mm-hmm. uh, where we, the, the four of us each built uh, squads based off uh, various characters, uh, various lead characters in horror horror films. Um uh, we, we plan to follow that up with a monster squad. Um, Episode in this coming week uh, where we talk, where we kind of pick squads based around um, uh, the varying iterations of the different uh, classic uh, Universal Monster movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And along with plenty of other things, good commentary for this month, which is going to be for Nosferatu in honor of its 100th anniversary. Uh, Jeez. So plenty of horror related content coming this month. Always a lot of fun to record. I look forward to those episodes for sure. 100 years of Nosferatu. Wow. I mean, we're only 99 years off from uh, meeting that goal exactly exactly how that goes um so yeah you can find all those episodes on itunes where you give us a rating or review which would be wonderful thank you so much in advance yeah before we get into more movie chatter Uh uh-huh i i feel like it's time to talk about how movie theaters are doing specifically (laughs) specifically how things went um for for terrence during his screening of smile and i have my own uh, <laughs> version of events that took place During my screening of Smile Because we seem to both have terrible oh, times no. uh, Watching yeah. the movie this week So Terrence I-, I want you to describe what you described As your uh, worst theater going experience uh, In a long
2: time It's yeah, it's definitely in the top 10 worst of all time Um, What time did you see the movie I went to a 5.45 Friday screening I saw it because
1: I saw Amsterdam at a special 4 o'clock like live Screening uh-huh. thing so
2: I saw it After at 7.30 on Tuesday yeah, I so my audience was comprised largely of high school students who I guess got out of school and just decided they were going to take in an R-rated movie and somehow got in, Um which is kind of funny because I got carded. I got carded <laughs> at the ticket, and I was like, "I look, do I not look like I'm?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm over 18 um, but it's fine They, you know the theater people are just doing their jobs but it was like high mm-hmm. school students this row of dudes like two families and I I love being in an audience with other people during a horror movie mm-hmm. where we're like talking back to the screen right interacting with the yeah. movie in that way like that can be really fun mm-hmm. and as a former annoying teenager who probably somebody 20 years ago had the same story about me um it it just was it was like a nightmare like these people were talking throughout the entire movie laughing at crazy points phones going off <sighs> moving in and out of the i so i told the guys before this podcast that i looked up the plot of the movie um about 25 30 minutes in uh huh Cause I did not know if I was going to be able to stay in there. Like it was, mm-hmm. the movie was being, was being made longer by the fact of like, these people just would not shut up. <laughs> yeah. so um, They weren't talking about the movie. They were just talking, talking about, about and during the movie. Oh, okay. Um, so not as a, re- not as a reaction to not sight. as a reaction, not to being anything. like, don't go in there. Yeah. Do you want some of my popcorn? Yeah. And it was, you know, I purposely went to that screening early on Friday right. thinking that nobody would be in there. Yeah. Because I, I know what, you know, I I was in high school once and I went to, you know, one of my favorite movie going experiences I've had was me and my friends went to see The Orphan at midnight. <laughs> and we were talking during the movie and at the movie. Mm-hmm. But like everybody in the theater was talking. During, and for, so like it was it was such a weird thing and I was trying to really focus on the movie and then like at a certain point i just gave up and started texting aaron yeah because i was like i I might have to tell aaron that like i can only talk about the first hour of smile because (laughs) i had to leave (laughs) and this is it's it's interesting because and and aaron i'm sure you can Mm -hmm. uh, just you you were sympathizing with my pain when we both have raggedy experiences but it's like this is also part of the reason why people turn to streaming Mm -hmm. Right. If if somebody's gonna be talking about the the movie enduring during the movie, and I'm in my own home, it's gonna be me, right? Right. <laughs> it's not gonna be somebody else. So like, it was just it was just a tough thing because there was so much going on in this movie, mm-hmm. and like I was being pulled out of it by the audience. Did they eventually quiet down, or no. you just had to endure? I just had to endure it. Like I I. Wow. I was like, maybe I won't see the major thing that happens at the end.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I, I, but I can pop on this podcast and, and talk about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that's, I don't, you know, I don't think I've had like an experience like that in a in a while. I, I remember seeing Blade Runner 2049 yeah. and there was like an entire family in front of me and they were letting their kid run up and down the aisle. Yeah, for fuck's sake. That's, that's yeah. not cool. And I was like, this is the movie and i saw blade runner 2049 at 10 45 pm yeah (laughs) (laughs) like yeah you know so yeah it just it's tough because unless it's like an arc light or like an alamo or unless you like leave to complain you know just culturally how we all take in movie going is different and so you know for me needing to go and watch that movie to either potentially review about or talk about it on a podcast, mm-hmm. it was a tough sit. Yeah, you know, especially because I saw Amsterdam the night before in a press screening where n- these bitches were silent. <laughs> 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 you know,
3: <laughs> is that how
2: you
0: guys refer to each other in the business? Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, I call. Well, <laughs> no, that's some fine. of them. Yes, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it was tough, Aaron. Yeah. I'm sure you, you, you. What was your screening like? (laughs) So mine was
1: weird because it. So for one thing, it started with like what seemed like an omen, uh, because Uh two little kids, I want to say like six, um, came into the theater, and I'm like, okay, and then they're like parents followed them and they all sat down and they're assigned seats. So I'm like, I I guess this is just what's happening. (laughs) They're just Mm -hmm. bringing bringing their children to the smile screening at 7:30. Um, whatever. Um in the scheme of things, that was, like, the best thing that happened, because they didn't re- react at all. Like, I don't know if they were just too terrified or just too bored, mm-hmm. Um but they, they they were the ones that were fine, Um these two children, because the rest of the screening was just, like, people could, like, the movie started at 7.30, previews and stuff, so it starts at, like, 7.50. Right. But, like, up to, like, 8.45, people were still, like, coming into the movie. It was Yeah, so, that, that like, happened to me, what? too. It was so weird. They, like, kept, like, coming in as if like i guess we'll just watch smile now or something and they're going to Mm -hmm. like and they're going to seats like so it's like did they just buy tickets and just eventually decide to walk in? i have no idea and like every time they came in i don't know if it was just because like the movie seemed like the volume was a little lower than it maybe needed to have been just uh, uh projected at or whatever but like every time people came in they were like marching up the stairs it was like really annoyingly <laughs> like yeah. it's like they're, they're making a point of being like yes we're here now yeah um along with that just uh, and you know these people yeah and it was generally like younger like teenagers or younger mm-hmm. right people, adults like coming in that were coming in late and they weren't so much talking they're just making noise a lot of shuffling a lot of like yeah, phones yeah. like being you could like that kind of you can hear the pockets being pulled and whatnot right it was just this like odd like why even come to the movie kind of experience like, yeah. where, like where, or like, where, like, miss, what, like 30 45 minutes of it like what's going on in here that was better than whatever you're doing outside
2: oh, Like i I'm, had people come that, into my movie screening i kid you not 20 minutes before the movie ended yeah no i had i, I had one last yeah. group that came in pretty close to the end and just sat in the front where
1: it's like i guess they just hopped into the end of smile oh, for right. kicks like, i mean hey i i
0: kind of did that when i was younger too but i wouldn't well, I do when, when the, movie the movie starts because I wanted to right. see the movie. That's yeah. Because I, yeah. I wanted to sit down in a dark room somewhere. <laughs> so yours was just like constant shuffling
1: of yeah, it was people constant. in and out. But yeah. no talking, though. Not, not, they're, not as much. Like, they're, like, maybe in the back when because right. I was like in the middle. So maybe in the back there was maybe more talking than I would have than I just knew mm-hmm. about. But, right, But there certainly seemed to be like distractions of plenty yeah. uh, taking place. Yeah, uh, part of
2: me period. thought to like I was sitting in the very last row Part of me is like, maybe if I go to row two,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like all of that stuff will just be behind me and I could just like really focus on because I was seeing I was also seeing it in plain view. But yeah, it just that's so weird. Yeah. Guys, so. mm-hmm.
0: it must have been a marketing tactic or something like that because something else also happened in my screening of Smile, which we did not talk about pre-show. We only talked about your two. So I get to I'm my intrigued. screening of Smile. And uh, like what Aaron said, it's the signed seats. I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, you hear some ruckus. The security officer has to come in. You know, oh, it's not boy. a manager guy, it's a security officer. And he walks up like two rows above me, and I'm like staring at them. And uh, everybody's kind of looking at them right now. He's like, Show me your tickets. Uh, and these other people show them their tickets. These two guys refuse to show them their tickets. The movie's like almost going to be starting for trailers. And these people are waiting on the wings and the security guard's just like, "Uh, you know, show me your tickets. You can hear some back and forth of like, you don't think that I paid for my tickets? And the security guard's like, I'm not saying you didn't pay for your tickets. Just show me your tickets. That's the purpose
1: of what a ticket does. (laughs) It's it's proof that you're supposed to be
0: here. (laughs) But it's like these other people that are waiting have shown me theirs and you're in their seats. So show me your tickets. And this goes on for like five, cause I'm watching the clock on, on my phone. I'm like, uh-huh. can you guys hurry up? Because you know, like the, the previews start and I know that the previews are just previews, but it also helps like calm everybody down. I think that's why people that that's True. why theaters put them on for like 30 minutes. Um, But they finally show them the tickets. And this is like a minute before the movie's going to start. The guy's like, your, your seats are a row below. <laughs> it's like, you're in the wrong seats, obviously. So, like, instead of these guys being cool teenagers, they are just like cool teenagers who don't know the alphabet. That was my takeaway when I, when this happened. I was like, you guys are such idiots. This could have been resolved if you had just figured out where your seats actually are or just shown them your ticket. And this is not a whole entire like plea of, uh, you know, uh, whoever's right is always right. And I think it's more just like, guys, assigned seats are assigned seats. If you didn't want to be there, then don't be there. But obviously, people were paying for these seats. So the movie starts. Everything's fine. These guys are kind of like laughing at at some stuff uh, intermittently. But also, uh, my screening was like relatively okay, minus like some teenagers here and there. I do want to add, Terrence, I went to go see Scream in theaters back in like January or whatever. Yeah. There were teenagers there. And they were on their phone, and they were, like, in the first row before, like, you know, the the really, like, bend your neck seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were laughing and taking videos of, and then <laughs> I just shouted at them. And I said, can you put your fucking phone away? <laughs> and they all just, like, put their phones away. And I guess they felt like they were, like, being yelled at by an adult, which I guess it was the case. Well, you were. You yeah. were an adult yelling but at them. But <laughs> it was, like, guys. It's a horror movie. People are here to see this movie. There's like only like 12 of us here. And you guys are really ruining for everybody. If you're going to do that, then go sit in the back row. We're like, nobody can see you do it. You know what I mean? And so but anyway, my my larger other complaint, too, is Terrence. I also pick movies by time, depending on yeah. like what year it, or what time of the year it is. Like if it's summertime and it's a very popular movie, then I'm sure that everybody's going to be okay. But if it's like a horror movie, it's like everybody wants to go and see it. So I'll try and go for a late time. That's why when you mentioned your Blade Runner stories, like I used to always also see movies at like 11 p.m. because I'd be like, nobody's going to bring their kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I still, can't, it's I still can't believe that Blade
2: Runner situation. I was yeah. like. This is not this is not the family movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's hilarious that you guys had these smile stories because I was going to mention to Aaron via text at one point before we did the show today where I was like, hey, man, we should really introduce our soapbox, our soapbox segment of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, where I was also going to be like, hey, movie going movie going uh, experiences really do matter because like somebody could break them really easy. Aaron, Aaron, I've talked to you about this many times. I was like I was watching um Gravity and I was like, this guy just ruins it for me, like because he sits right behind me. It's like, guy, okay, we're like in this IMAX screening of gravity, and you're just like, I know that this sequence with George Clooney coming back is not real. You don't have to like yell it out. Uh and you're oh, like no. ruin the tension of like the moment. So I was like, guy, okay, come on. So yeah, smile, good marketing. Maybe
2: they just like were like teenagers, flock to this, but geez. It yeah. just it just was like there there are silly things in the movie. Sure but yeah. like well, you don't have to, you don't have to take the movie unseriously. <laughs> well, sure. But it's also about responding to the movie and not your own thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we well, talked about that, that We had our <laughs> show box section. Yeah. I just, it's, it's tough because, you know, as, as a member of, of the press, you get used to seeing movies a certain way. And then you're like, okay, let me see movies with, I want to be where the people are. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's like, wow, you, you start to see why certain people don't go to the theater. You start to see why certain people do go to the theater. So, yeah, it was yeah. just interesting. But, yeah, I just like the I just looked up the plot because I was like, if I have to leave this movie, at least I want to know what happens. But, like, mm-hmm. I just might not. It just wasn't such a bad experience that it was yeah. it was tough to sit through the movie.
0: Yeah. And I just wanted to lastly add that this is not, I don't think any of us are saying, like, this is a get off my line type thing where we're no. just old people. Like I generally wanted a packed theater for smile because I knew that I love audience reactions for horror movies. And so they generally like, you know um, are much more fun than you watching it alone with the ghost of the theater, you know, as, as your seat mates. Yeah. But it, it is, it is a, a fun experience, but sometimes when it's taken just like treated poorly, it, it really ruins it. So I, I do like quote unquote premium seats Because nobody's going to be paying like $27 and be like, like, can you like everyone's going to be telling somebody to shut the fuck up if it's like a $30 seat, you know what I mean? Versus like a $12 seat. And so yeah, it's it's kind of tough. So I get those experiences of the Alamo draft houses of the arc lights of you know, some Dolby screens. So yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. So anyway,
1: Okay, so C smile and IMAX recommended by Abe. Got <laughs> it. So we'll get back to that <laughs> later on. Uh, uh, get to the smile, but let's 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 move on for real. Let's get to about adult no cookies.
0: Trademark. I was also drinking some water right there, so that's why I was a little delayed.
1: You that now. We through Trademark. All right. <laughs> Abe, Abe, what else have you seen recently? I watched The Wood, one of my
0: favorite movies. Okay. it's on HBO Max. Uh huh. Uh, and again, I was just uh, kind of watching it in the background as I was doing some work this week. But I or really like that wanna... movie, man. Like, I I remember watching it uh, as like a teenager, and uh, and then watching it again like in my twenties, and now I'm like in my thirties. I'm like, this is such a fun movie. And, like, it's really cool, really fun. Everybody's great in it. I love their flashback sequences. I love when they're talking about baseball and you know North Carolina versus California. Um, and how the, we don't play baseball out here. Um, uh, but I, I really enjoy it for just what it is. And I remember like, uh, this would be a great double feature with like, he got, or I'm sorry, um, love oh, basketball. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. And I guess that one too, but yeah, it was such like a great time for, uh, I guess like these, these like nostalgic nineties throwbacks, but, um, I really enjoyed the wood quite a bit, but Terrence. nothing else.
2: Okay. Terrence, how about you? What have you seen recently? Um, I'll do a TV and then I'll talk about movie. movie. Uh, I watched the pilot for interview with a vampire. Oh, huh, loved it. Uh, That's good to hear. You were on last. I mean, you were on for our comic cut episode where you
1: talked about it yeah. a little bit. And I know you're uh, excited for
2: it. Very messy, very gay, very <laughs> horror. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, movie wise. I have not been on a good movie streak. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm looking at my box at like the last five movies I watched and it's Uh, a rough go. Um, Don't worry, darling. Oh, we we can spend a lot of time talking. Like I've thought about it
1: since the last time we talked about it, Abe, that movies, it just gets dumber every time I think about it. Yeah. (laughs) like
0: I
2: think
1: it might be one of the stupidest movies I've seen all year, but yeah,
2: it was, it's very bad. Um, There is a good movie somewhere in there as well as in the deleted scenes. Um, Just not Hmm. what it was presented. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a, there's, there's just, there's too many unanswered questions. If it, it, it feels like the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, did they think this was going to become like a franchise? Cause they made this movie, you know, in such a way that you would think that there was going to be a number two. Hmm. Um, Because, or or else, why would you leave fundamental questions like, who is in charge?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: was like I was going to name a, a an actor
0: in the movie and be like what was that arc about? The the one thing that I keep thinking about now that just didn't even occur to me is wait so what was that plane crash? Yes, I saw that recently too and I was like yeah, I didn't think about that until after but Well, cuz there's I don't like a litany of other
1: things that bother me about the movie. Yeah. Like I finally saw that. like what about that part though?
2: <laughs> like, it was afraid. I think it was tied to the plane that Kiki Lane's son had. But how the hell would exactly. Florence Pugh have known about that? Exactly. That's, yeah, yeah. Like, where does this yeah? So whatever. um okay. so there's that. Yeah. I saw a barbarian, which I thought was awful.
3: <laughs> wow.
2: Okay. Um Barbarian, Barbarian is really like a litmus test to see how nice of a person you are. Hmm. Okay. In in that, are you rooting for anybody in this movie to live? And my answer was no. Fair and understandable. Um, e- even even in like the, we need characters to do dumb things. The first 30 minutes of that movie stretch all, and I like read an interview with the director about why he wanted to make the movie and like what he was trying, all the themes are there and they're overt. And it's not that you, I don't understand them. I just think that the main character mm-hmm. Was dumb as hell, <laughs> and I could not. When, when I first saw the marketing for this movie, I was like, "Oh, she got dropped off at the house. It's raining. She can't leave, and that's why she stays." Uh-huh. She had a rental car. Yeah, Aaron and I talked about that too. I was like,
0: like I, I would probably keep driving. <laughs> the logic,
2: the things that these characters were doing, were so unbelievably out of the realm of logic. That even when they were funny, like Justin Long measuring the space, uh-huh. it's like nobody would do that. Not even that character. <laughs> but it, it just it there were it was too, it was too much of that. And so it like ruined the experience. Okay. And that movie had a lot of unanswered questions too, if we're being honest. Uh, especially as it started trying to unspool stuff towards the end. Um, interesting filmmaking, but just the script was dreadful. Um mm-hmm. and then I saw Amsterdam, which I don't know if we could talk about. Is that well, we're, talking Road? In, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. It's not anymore, but we're talking about it next week. So you don't need to go too far into it. But yeah. um, I'll just turn my headphones down. I just if a movie is going to be called a mad cap, I I need some mad in the cap. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like yeah, Aaron. Aaron, you know what I'm talking about. So that's yeah. That's all I'll say. And when you talk about it, mm. yeah. Oof, it's been rough. I turned my headphones down, so I didn't
0: hear any of that. Oh, well, you're no, fine. It's, rough. it's fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I've I've seen a few
1: things this week. Sure. Um. First up is the Munsters. Oh, Rob Zombie's The Munsters. Uh, I will say this: we we talked about the trailer. Uh, and it's not a good trailer. It's really bad. It's a bad trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kind of killed my excitement for it, just because like I I more or less like a lot of Rob Zombie movies uh so it's like okay yeah he's he's a huge fan of the monsters i'm very aware of this so it's like let's see what he can do with a you know a toned down kids version of the movie uh and it's it's better than the trailer Mm -hmm. um i it's a stretch to call it like a really good movie but like i see what he's going for and there's a lot that i like in it there's just plenty of stuff that's not great about it also it's too long um I think a couple performances are too dinner theater um, for lack of a better way to explain it. Um,
2: Damn, drag the dinner theater groups.
1: And, <laughs> and like the jokes are very, very much stylized after the Munsters. So it means they're kind of old fashioned and they don't right. really land uh, because it it would work there for being charming in from that time period. But now it's like, all right, I get it. But like, it's just it's not funny. But they're like, it also like it's really big and colorful. Like I like how it looks. Mm-hmm. It's going for something that's very specific. Uh, I do think the actor playing Herman Munster is quite good. I think he gives that an actual performance that mm-hmm. works. Um, and it's just like it. It's very like weirdly charming. It's mm-hmm. it's like it's harmless. It just kind of flows along. It just it goes on way too long. So it's like okay. Okay. it is the mildest of recommendations. Uh, but like. I I can't like just sit on this and be like this is terrible. It's not. It has things going for it. It's just like it just it's got too much of the stuff that's hampering it, where it makes me know that yeah, people are gonna if they already didn't like Rob Zombie, this isn't gonna help. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but I I do think if you know just looking at this thing, I had a decent time with it. It's fine. Of the two of the two like horror like family friendly horror things that are recalling the past that came out this week, this and Hocus Pocus two, this is the better option. Uh, so I, it's got that going for it. Okay. Um, the uh, the other mentioned movie I want to mention is Athena. Uh, this movie is amazing, yeah. <laughs> and it is one of my favorites of the year. Uh, it is this modern day French revolutionary tale. Uh, that relies on a lot of long takes. Um, uh, they're very clearly, not clearly, but like. You know, they're not actual like full on like, you know, 10 minute shots. They're they're stitched together. But regardless, the what it's going for by using that format just isn't very impressive as far as the kind of theatrics you're seeing as you watch mm-hmm. basically a group of essentially rebels uh, going back against the police. And it's still have a lot of themes involving inequality, and racism and class society, and what have you uh, set in France. And it's just a thrilling watch. I mean, it's something like Lehane meets Dunkirk. Like, it's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. it is it, I, I, it is a very impressive piece of work from a filmmaking standpoint. Uh, it's very stylish. Obviously, it's stylish because it has the long takes. But even then, within that, there's uses of music and slow motion and all kinds of different things that just make it very theatrical. And I could see that being argued as exploiting the themes um, for the sake of making art. But at the same time, I look at this and think, well, if we're still attacking certain themes that have been around for ages, I mean, who's to say not to like use a stunning piece of art to draw more attention to said topics to begin with? I just think there's a lot there. Um, it's 90 minutes, and I can't wait to revisit it. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's it's great. It's on Netflix now, Athena. It's, it's You texted me and said, you have to watch Athena yeah and I, did I you
2: have, watch it on netflix or did you th- see it in a theater i wish i saw it in a theater i watched it on netflix yeah that's i i heard i've I've heard about it because i think it went to can or tiff yeah um and everybody was talking about the type of filmmaking and i i was like wow it's on netflix so quick mm-hmm. and part of me is like maybe i'll just hold out in the hope that Netflix will do some award screenings later in the year, and I'll watch it. But I I've heard great things. Yeah, yeah I for sure recommend it. And yeah, if there's an opportunity to see it in a theater, that's certainly be a place yeah. to do it. But uh, I mean, I'm sure to play. You, it's not like we don't have nice TVs, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we just and we just spent what 20 minutes talking about how bad a theater experience. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, one more shout out, uh, mm-hmm. Terrence. Did you watch the latest Lord of the Rings episode? I certainly did. It's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've I've been enjoying the series
2: for the most part, but like watching this last episode which is very battle-heavy. Uh, yeah. It's... For me, it's like every Even Number episode has been phenomenal in okay. my mind. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but the, I mean this I was so stressed the entire time. You know, there's been a lot of complaints about the original characters.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I thought somebody had a really interesting point about this on Twitter where it was like, if you know all the named characters in the story are going to live to a certain point, how do you make what happened in that episode significant? It's you also involve the non original or the original characters because now your fear for everybody is ratcheted up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And that was such, a, I was like, that's really interesting. But yeah, that the finale, I was like, this is Yeah, brilliant. where is this
1: going? <laughs> yeah. God, I'm and so I'm also
2: funny. like, this is episode, there's two more hours. Yeah. Wow. Of the, like, what, five season plan they have for this thing? <laughs> so. Yeah. So this is the first, you know, this is episode six. You know, I was like, oh, they'll do like a Game of Thrones thing. And the, the big battle will be episode seven. And episode eight will be the, you know, the day all. And they're like, we're about to put something ultra massive (laughs) wow in episode six so yeah i yeah yeah, kudos to them because it was i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah i i've
1: been impressed by this series so far more so than i expected Mainly just because i have had a lack of interest but like Mm -hmm. watching it i'm happy that the money has gone to more than just making it look very nice i think it's a very well thought out show and this episode is a not necessarily culmination but certainly like by the way we could also do the battle stuff pretty Mm -hmm. well yeah
2: yeah um, it was yeah i was very stressed
1: (laughs) all right that's enough quickies okay let's move on now let's get to uh, let's get to our reviews let's get to our first review where we'll be talking bros
3: a guy? I don't
0: think I'm his type. He's like gay Tom Brady.
1: What are you into? One of these ripped idiots with no opinions? No, I would
3: like someone who's physically very frail and won't stop talking. And I bet he's as intimidated by you as you are by him.
0: I'm down for whatever. Yeah, I can do whenever and I can do whatever. Cool.
1: Whatever, whenever. GIF of Michael Scott dancing.
3: Office GIF? This person isn't gay. I have on my I need you to be honest with me. You like these bro-y,
0: meathead idiots. Oh, look, they're, they're fighting. You like that? Hey. I can be tough oh, that like that your boys. You
2: like oh, oh, that's you like, oh, that's what you like. What's, like? what's oh, going what's on? on? Oh, that's cool. All right. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Now I have to go to a Pride party and you're both too old to be in the pool.
1: Please leave. That should have been some of the trailer for Bros. Back in 2019, it was announced that Billy Eichner would write, produce, and star at what was deemed the first gay romantic comedy from a major studio. One can debate said claim, but it is arguably the first from a major studio to feature an entirely LGBTQ principal cast. With that in mind, the film is just that, a romantic comedy dealing with Eichner's Bobby, a man of commitment issues. He meets Aaron, who has the demeanor of a dude bro, but has similar issues to Bobby. Regardless, the two bond to deal with becoming a couple. Meanwhile, Bobby is also done with opening the first LGBTQ history museum. Terrence, did Eichner and co-writer director Nicholas Stoller pull off something worthwhile
2: as far as a piece of inclusion and as a comedy? Um I think that the movie is good. Uh I think as I've thought about it in the several days since I've seen it, there are some things that were like minor quibbles that have now sort of grown to major ones in my mind. <laughs> um but I think that the movie is very fascinating. Um, it's great to have an all LGBTQ principal cast. You know, it's great to see people like T.S. Madison um, in the movie. Love her. Uh, and I've loved Luke McFarlane since he was on Brothers and Sisters. Oh, so cool. I, you know, and he's been in in Hallmark movie hell is a wrong word because he's (laughs) heaven (laughs) he's being paid and he's making a lot of them but just he's been doing a lot of those and so to get to see him in sort of a leading man role was good um i think that the movie is very frank in a way that i was happy to see um this is like you know it's a raunchy r-rated rom-com and just because it's two dudes going at it rather than a man and a woman, they don't shy away from anything that that sort of entails, and so from that standpoint, I thought it was solid. I do think that Judd, the Judd Apatow school of filmmaking,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Judd he he is insidious. Um, he's like Morgoth infecting everything. Uh, <laughs> there there is some editing there's some editing stuff in this movie that drove me up the wall mm-hmm. um and I'm, I'm trying to be like is it just because i went to film school and i understand the concept of an l cut and a j cut that some of this is, is making me mad but like for a movie that is decently under two hours there are parts of it that feel long mm-hmm. um and i think that the script the script as it moves sort of towards what it needs to do and the beats that it needs to hit it sometimes forgets that being observant and being quiet are good things even when you have loud characters.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And so there are, there are just several moments and I'm just like, I wish you would give this character some more moment of introspection. I wish you wouldn't need them to be loud. And loud can can take many forms, but just like I was like, the parts of the movie were just begging for like a pause. Um, but I did laugh a lot. Um, and I thought it was really, yeah, it was really interesting to see. So like, it's it's good, but I do I do have some quibbles, and maybe we could talk about it once you know, you guys have all said your piece. Sure. Well, Abe, what what do you think of Bros? Yeah,
0: I'm kind of right through with Terrence. Like, I think it's a good movie for sure. Um, I laughed a lot and I thought that it was actually really clever of, of Billy to write things that are basically taken exactly out of like a romantic comedy um and put it in his and have fun with that genre. Um, while also being like what Terrence mentioned, like a super raunchy, R-rated comedy. Um and I do I did feel that length like in the in the second act of this movie. I was like I remember coming out of the theater, I was like, oh, that movie was like 155 with, with credits, but at some points it felt like it kind of dragged a little bit, and Terrence, I'd love to hear more about it, like Jay and Ill Cuts, but at the same time um, you know, I think that there were some, I, I didn't want to say like Apatowisms of it, where it's just like, it feels like you guys are giving this story arc not enough time, or, or um, uh, just like too much time, uh, or maybe even like some cuts of things are like a, a little bit weird, but like, on the whole, I thought it was actually a really funny and clever movie. Um, again, like, really drawing from these Nora Ephron type uh, of movies and then doing its own thing. I think for it took me a little bit to adjust in the first, like, four minutes of this movie because Billy Eichner, the character on the street, is, you know, just famous for yelling at people. And it can feel like he's yelling at you uh, in the beginning when he's setting up His entire life story but after that it does mellow out and it's actually really nice to have um billy kind of give a a sort of like a dramatic role uh, at this but i also thought that luke farland his co-star um really funny guy like it seems like they're just they have like a natural uh play off of each other type of of um of uh aura uh, i guess but at the same time like um I hadn't seen him in uh, any other film. So it was really funny. Terrence, when you're mentioning, I looked him to be after the movie. And I was like, oh, he's been on a lot of like these, these Hallmark movies, uh, which is kind of like in itself, like a little funny. So it was really cool to see that. But I, I also liked that they sort of looped in some historical uh, pieces of this. And Eichner clearly Eichner has been thinking about this for a while because I think the writing of this, you know, as the Bobby arc, but also just what Eichner is writing in this from the historical perspective, it's clear that he's like swinging for the fences here because he's like, I don't know if I'm going to get this chance again. So here I am just putting everything that I want into this. So you can really feel like, and sometimes I guess you could maybe say that it could be totally different. But again, when you take it from the, the point of view of a rom-com that is... Uh, maybe even not to the degree of they came together type of movie where it's like farcical. Um, but it is like a rom-com like on the nose in terms of story arcs, what happens and what have you, as well as like Eichner just really wanting this to be a passion project of his that has come to life. Um, it it actually turns out to be a really uh, good movie, but I did have some like quibbles with it too.
1: Yeah. I think we're largely in the same place here. I, I was trying to compare this to other like similarly, produced apatow films and what i like about this one is uh, compared to something like like an issue i remember we had with train wreck was that the movie's called train wreck but like schumer's character seemed like a pretty together person that just she had, like, yeah she wasn't messy out. enough yeah. it, so it's <laughs> also like too long Even that movie is also a flat two hours, but it felt long. And I would say the same about this movie. It it does feel like it's longer than it is uh, just based on pacing. But regardless, I mean, the the point I'm making with that is I like that this movie presents Bobby in a certain way and follows through on it. It's like I don't feel like it's misrepresenting the character as far as how he talks about himself or what the movie tries to present about him. And I like that we get that from the Aaron character as well. Um, as far as I understand, who these people are, I think the movie does a good job of, of establishing like the kinds of people they are, how they exist in in this version of New York, and and in turn, I think that helps establish their chemistry. Uh, I think I think they're very good together. They they work on screen, which you know is very important for a romantic comedy, obviously, and I do think that's a great benefit to the film. It is very funny. Um, it's very much a throw it all at the wall and see what sticks, but fortunately, in these kind of movies. That percentage is pretty high. Um, so there's just a lot of laughs from a lot of different areas. You get a fun supporting cast that has a number of scenes like the boardroom scenes with uh, with uh, with Bobby and the other people working on the museum. It That stuff's a lot of fun. I do think it works best when it's in the romantic comedy mode, um, when it's playing, you know, playing into that storyline, just because it's it's a familiar storyline and it works. I mean, that's why you keep doing it, because it's an agreeable story to, line to follow uh i i agree with you as far as when the idea of billy actor basically throwing everything into this because when's he gonna get another chance at this kind of thing and so like might as well try my issue with that for this movie is how it feels like it you know it takes a pause from the romantic comedy to be like by the way let's make a point about how you know what kind of movie we are and how special it is agree where it's like that's fine i guess but like for one thing there are other gay movies that exist, uh, but also mm-hmm. you're, you're you're kind of taking away from the, you know, the four momentum that we're having here for the sake of making a statement where it's like, well, the movie exists. So, like, do you really need the statement to begin with at this point? Like, I, I get what you're doing, but it's like it's it's getting in the way of the rest of this enjoyable movie that I'm mm-hmm. watching. And it's not that there's not valuable things to take away from uh, what's being pointed out at times or what have you. But in terms of like how this has been assembled together, yes, it feels like it's detracting in a way that shouldn't necessarily be detracting. So it, so it's like it's not a mixed bag at all. I think the movie's good. It's very funny. It has the things that I generally get from at the, the Apatow-produced comedies and Nick Stoller films. Like I like Nick, like forgetting Sarah Marshall's
3: mm-hmm.
1: among my favorites of these kinds of movies to begin with. Uh, so it's like, yeah, the, I think the you know the the things are being hit mostly the right way. But yeah, it just you know it has a few things that set it back from being more of a, you know, super win in the, in the main yeah. comedy
2: column. I think the tough thing about this, I, so Bill, I've seen a lot of Billy Agner stuff and he is very much of the vein of like, he plays characters that are tough to, to love, not impossible, but just tough to love. Right. Mm -hmm. they are very themselves and in in being themselves there are things that you might not like and so I liked that it was a story about a character like that sure I don't think you know likability is is a smidge overrated we don't need every character to be you know amazing and lovely the second you meet them but Mm -hmm. I and with that I think to your point about you know, when it moves away from sort of the rom-com stuff and tries to be bigger, I that is where I felt the unlikability hindering the story. Sure. Or that they weren't going deep enough. Because this character makes some decisions mm-hmm. um, that I would say are not good. <laughs> and they also don't, there's like one particular dinner scene that is like in my mind
3: Hmm. yeah. that
2: I'm like, I almost didn't come back from that moment. um, Right. With that character. Cause I'm like, even, even in that character trying to make a point, there is no way in hell you would say what that character did in that way. Right. Right. You know, and that, and that is where I felt what I mean by like the movie being a little too loud and getting away from sort of the nuance, like, he can be a jerk. Like that can be the character. He can be very abrasive. He can be tough to love. He can be all of that. But I also think that he needs to be uh, realistic. <laughs> right. And I felt like in, in wanting to make this statement and shock. Yeah. Um, There, there were moments where the movie got away from the realism. Like it was funny to watch how these two commitment phobic dudes fell in love. Yeah. Right. And just, And being very specific about how that can happen between gay people versus straight people, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the different nuances there were really interesting to see that when the movie tries to go for sort of broader picture things or from that dinner table conversation where I was like, okay, now we're getting away from like the nuance and the interesting and the detailed. We're trying to be loud and overt when we don't necessarily need to be. And it's a tough balancing act because, you know, you want to give him the space to do that but it still has to work within the context of the movie yeah um and so yeah and just like to to mention the editing thing very very quickly yeah um, please the the j, j cuts and l cuts are are a film term where it's about how the audio covers an edit so uh-huh. yeah and an l cut is where the audio from the previous shot
3: Mm-hmm.
2: goes into the next one okay right? so if you're thinking about writing when an L and a J cut yeah is where the audio from the next one actually starts in the previous
0: yeah I noticed that in the movie too then like I, I don't have the I didn't have the vocabulary for
2: it but I definitely yeah and I'm talking like numerous yes. important conversations were so over edited that I was keying into those things yeah and so I was like, oh, my god! specifically like uh, under a bridge scene. I was like,
0: this is under a, the bridge a heavy moment, but and in the bed, weirdly edited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
2: it just like all of that, you know, and so when you're having editing things like that and your movie is constantly being la- like, you're, you're keying into all those areas. But I think, yeah, I think, so like I said, it, it's funny. It's very funny. And I, I'm the type of person I love to make fun of things that I love. Mm hmm. You know, I love musicals and I can make fun of musicals. And I see that Billy didn't spare not one popular gay thing right. that has come out on film or TV in the last 10 years in this movie. But yeah. then I was like, but then you also can't do some of this other stuff. We we could take shots at the things that we love, but you also have to nail it. So, yeah, it just I just I, I struggled a bit with yeah. I was like, man, if you could just dig another level deeper, this movie would be all the better for it. And I get
1: that. And it's the, with the, with the Apatow comedy specifically, and just like how that's influenced other comedies, there's the whole, there's the problem. And it's not a huge one in this one, but it's certainly, you know, factors in, I think, as far as these are designed to have the actors doing multiple takes where they just have extended runs of dialogue. Right. And then Mm -hmm. they kind of piece that together to make a scene. And that's probably where the editing issues come from, as far as having so many options. Um, but th- I'd say, fortunately, that's probably why the movie's under two hours. Is that it's not like we accomplish the scene. Now let's have five more minutes of us improvising, you know, uh, back and forth against each other. Sure. I like I like that's held to minimum. It seems it doesn't feel like there's a a lot of room for, you know, <laughs> let's wait here and just wrap up the bit and then to we'll go on to the next scene. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the same time, I do think yes, by have you have these. These sequences that come at you that are, they could be shaped better. It's like it feels clear in that regard, except there's so much I think they're playing with to kind of make the scene like work as best and tight as it can. But at the same time, it's like, well, we're still getting away from the things like you're saying, Tared. So it's like that that that's the kind of thing where I'm like, I'm I'm feeling it in the runtime, and if that's what I'm feeling, then that's not going to help the overall movie. Yeah, yeah. With that said. There's so much around this that constantly works for me as sure. far as like I'm entertained by this. And I think that's a, you know, that's still a big plus, especially for a com you know, for, for a nearly two hour romantic comedy, uh, narrowing in on the topics that it is. That, that is success in my mind as far as love. it managed to pull it out. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, that, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you, you mentioned pacing, and I think that that
0: is kind of where, where it errs, right? And the pacing is related to what we're all just saying which is it tries to uh, give you deeper dramatic story elements, but it also takes away from uh, Aaron, what you mentioned, like the the rom-com kind of aspect of it. So, you know, like it can feel a little bit jumbly. And then again, at times, it lulls in one of them versus the other. It eventually will circle back to it. And I'm thinking like, you know, when they go to Providence Town where it Mm -hmm. just feels very light and funny. and, And, you know, it also feels like, uh, very sweet and sincere because of what they do on the beach and how they dance and whatever. It's like that. That is actually really nice and fun. Uh, but then I'd argue that's
1: has... like the best sequence in the movie. Yes, like everything, is. everything there is, yeah. I think, expertly handled as far as because yeah. there's there's emotional scenes in there as far as there's right. a big dramatic speech that um, yeah, it gives uh you some that Bobby gives that body gives and. Right. Then there's good, there's good fun between them, and Harvey Firestein shows up, and who doesn't want Harvey Firestein to show exactly. up? Exactly. <laughs> like,
0: Why yeah. did he send his mom to the Hampton? Or <laughs> I forget what he says in the Independence Independence Day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there there is like that that weird, awkward pacing at times, and I even felt it sort of like in the third act where uh, we talked about a, a bridge sequence. It's like there is like it's like this feels like a writer's dream to write something like this but sometimes you know it's a little bit too much to at times too so um but i did want to get to some of the other elements of this being a gay rom-com i don't know if you guys have any thoughts on, on what i just said but i did have I a know. question for you guys it's like what did you guys think of the directness of this you know like billy eichner is in a at, at a um at a uh, an app party which i thought was hilariously named um <laughs> is but, yeah <laughs> but it, it's like it, they just directly is like hey man like do you want to sleep with me tonight? You know, it's very direct and I haven't had a lot of experience with this, but you know, I am curious like what you guys thought about just uh, the raunchiness and, or like the directness of Bill Eichner's writing. Like, is it true to life? Is it, is it uh, actual? I
2: I liked it. Cause a lot of people think that you're universal, the more broad you go and mm-hmm. like you actually get universal, the more specific you go. Yep. said that many times, um, and I, I will say it till the cows come home because people need to understand, like, this movie works because of the specificity of stuff like that, like mm-hmm. the way that they met, But it's it, and that was really smart because it's like, OK, we can joke about, oh, like gay men love actresses. Right. <laughs> so there's like a joke about that. But then it's like, but we can also talk about hookup culture and right. how we meet people and how we form relationships that are very specific you know, to our community. And doing stuff like that was really fascinating. I thought it was really smart, especially because it, it helps set up. And then it works on another level in that it helps set up the characters and where they are in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, how they approach being on the apps is equally as important to them being on them. Um, you know, how Aaron goes about his life and how Bobby goes about his life are very are very you know they can both be in the same place and on the same platform but like their approach is, is two different things so it, it it works so yeah stuff like that i found really really funny less the lgbtq history museum stuff mm-hmm. um but like the apps the football game going to providence town you know th- things like that that were out in the world as part of their rom-com experience i thought were really the christmas party <laughs> mm-hmm. um which is hilarious uh mm-hmm. i i I will say, with a you know, lack of experience on my part, um,
1: the, I
2: just love the way both of you are describing, just describing it as lack of experience.
0: Hey, man, I'm just saying that I'd be open to it in terms of like learning more about it. But
1: yeah. in, ter- in terms of like what the movies, how the movies handling things, yeah. given that there's this kind of tendency to, when you're dealing with you know gay characters, you seem to want to focus on like. Very specific aspects of it. I like that the R-ratedness of this movie is handled with no real like sexuality. It's more about either comedy or intimacy. Like that's the way it's portrayed on screen. Mm-hmm. Like there's either a humorous elements going on as far as what what's being seen, or there's just something that that speaks to the nature of it being a romantic comedy, uh, a romance, um, and that I think that works very well in the film's favor as far as what Billy Eichner's doing here, where he's Making a movie that's you know loud and proud. It's very. It's not trying to be pretend yeah. to be anything. It's not. Right. But it's also not. An, it's not an explicit movie by any means. I wouldn't call. I i mean, it's it's a movie that, in like in turn like yes, it's an R rated movie from the apatow line of R rated movies. So like it gets into certain details, but I mean I, I do think it. It's not like it's going out of its way to show you a bunch of stuff that's going to shock and awe you. It's just more about like yeah you're, okay you're, that yeah, I, yes here is a perspective based off yeah. of who these people are and what, and what specifically does make it. It's not about like trying to say like, Hey, we're just like you. Billy actor says that himself. We're not just like you. Right. Uh, it's, it's a matter of showing what are those details? What are those nuances? What are the right. the various areas that are explored by these characters that are different? Yeah. Uh, and that, which doesn't make it bad or wrong or anything like that or, yeah. or better or anything like that. either. It's just more like there's, there's, there are significant differences, right. which is called yeah. out again by the, characters in the film itself uh there's a really great scene with with aaron's character and his brother um with jason i mm-hmm. believe um mm-hmm. where jason is a character who does not talk very much but has a scene where he's basically silent bobbing it where he's like now let me put it in my two cents uh, <laughs> yeah. towards the end of this movie <laughs> um and it's a lot of what i don't want to talk about it and it's really nice how they deal with things as right. far as you know to tell talk about that exact subject it's like like yeah I have my own problems you have here's yours guy and you know yeah. you're it just it's different and you got to deal with it like there's just I think there's scenes like that throughout this movie which again is when it's entirely in romantic comedy zone mm-hmm. where I do think it works really well I mm-hmm. do think that's where Eichner and like and Stoller by default because they're they both you know collaborated I, I think it it knows what it wants to do and how to approach it yeah I, I wish that was more consistent um throughout the movie because yes I do think like the museum stuff, I don't think it's half baked, but I do think it. Uh, and Guillermo uses a movie from half baked, uh, but I yes, do think I it. That. <laughs> I do think it. It it just it's not even that it gets in the way. It's just more of like I want this to feel better. Like I get what this is, and I want this to be placed in this movie in a more strategic way. I don't
2: know how else to say that. Yeah, I think when you compare this, this is this is this is a case of maybe it was like it was like one thing too many sure right like you were like i need both of my leads to have unique jobs um and not that we haven't seen an estate planner before because that that seems to be a really popular career actually for characters uh, in television (laughs) and movies lately uh which is fascinating but like he's like a podcaster Mm -hmm. who almost had a movie deal who's now running this museum and it's like i i love the idea of the museum and it sort of being a center for things it just doesn't pop as much, sure, as the other stuff. Yeah, I think it ends on a really nice note. Um, but it just, yeah, I think Aaron, I like your. It just, it just doesn't pop as much as the other stuff. Yeah, sure. it's
0: interesting because I, I sort of read that as a typical rom com thing where it's like there's a central conceit problem of like, well, this person has, you know, I, I, I'm i not saying that Meg Ryan does this, but it's like, Meg Ryan's like a fundraiser, and she's got to get like one, and it's, I think that it's kind of just played for laughs at some point, where mm-hmm. it just becomes like a plot device of just like, this happens all the time in rom-coms where these two people from disparate backgrounds, one of them is like trying to get $5 million, right? Um, and it's like, this is kind of a funny thing, right? And that's kind of how I read it, of just... It's kind of comical. Yeah. Uh, it, I hear it actually you. Actually, like, doesn't I, even matter. You know, I don't the disagree.
1: End. Like you, you mentioned, Big yeah. I mean, like Kate and Leopold has a whole section involving Hugh, Hugh Jackman's character being brought in for like a big commercial because there's a big client they're dealing with, and it's, right. it's like, and it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah the, I think the movie understands that it's nonsense. Totally. In the movie about a, a time traveling person that gets involved with McRyan and Lee Schreiber. but mm-hmm. I, <laughs> what, with this movie, I get that it's playing off of that to a degree mm-hmm. as far as hey, we're. In court- like you know the business thing that's important to the main character for some reason it'll get in the way yeah but it's like it's such a it's a significant thing to be involved with it's an lgbtq history right, museum right. like that's something that like yeah. that's the movie again shouting at you how important it is uh-huh. um, while also trying to make it this kind of farcical uh, like let's have a big fight set piece in the middle of yeah. it involving this thing where it's like I get so again, it's like strategically, let's make this work better.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you on that front because I think that there are some, like we were all saying, I think that that speech that Billy gives at the end there, pretty good. Um, and there were definitely, I could hear people sobbing or sniffling in the theater after that speech uh, where he's just mentioning that a lot of people deserve to be here at this time, mm-hmm. which is a really good speech. Um, but I agree with you that, like, you know, just on the outset of it it's a farcical idea and then like even the execution of it when you see that they do have the roller coaster or they do have like a lincoln exhibit type thing it's like this is just nonsense but yeah i hear what you're saying like it could be tighter and that's where i i use the term like it feels somewhat totally uneven because it feels like billy's just throwing a lot on on the script um which is true uh but um i did have another question for you guys which is just around um like uh, Terrence, how did you feel with all the burns that Billy was giving on the screen here, where he's just like, you're like this really handsome guy, Aaron, and I'm just like, what happens to, to, um, Ooh, this what, is... to Evan Hansen afterward, or now, like you know the Evan Hansen like, made me laugh. That was maybe, yeah. like, maybe the most <laughs> made me laugh. But also things like gays are stupid. I don't know why people keep thinking that we're smart, but there's a lot of stupid the stupid ones just like everybody else. Was like, yes, I get I get that point. And then the other part, I'm just like. <laughs> Why do gays always want to dance? <laughs> it's like the guys like dancing at him in the club. So, curious, like what you thought about, like, just Billy, like really burning a lot of things. Yeah, I screen. think
2: that's Billy's thing. And, and like I said, you can you can make fun of things that you love. Um, I, I think at some point this week, he probably needs to say something nice about Shit's Creek uh, because <laughs> he did two of them in the movie. Of, of Yeah, of every of every joke in the movie uh, that was I laughed. Right, so I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say I didn't laugh, but I was kind of like this. That was the those ones were the only ones where I was like, "Is this coming from a, a place? <laughs> <laughs> like, do we do we need to talk about how you really feel about, mm-hmm. about shits creek?" Um, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that when you take those shots, your movie has to stand up too. You know, Fair. so it, it's fine to and and billy that character being sarcastic and sort of making fun of himself was something that i liked i that's sort of my issue sort of with towards the tail end of the movie i was like there was not enough time spent on like but how do i really feel now how do i not how do i think other people perceive me how do i feel um and i think that is what was missing and it's why i was bumping up against some stuff so Mm -hmm. like we can you know Drag Shit's Creek, drag Fire Island, drag them all. Yeah. But, you know, let, let's let tighten up. <laughs> let's tighten up a little bit. That's fair.
1: Before I wrap up, I wanted to ask this question. Um, the movie's opening around like four to five billion dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty low. Um, I just, you know, it it is a gay romantic comedy it's not something where I'm thinking this is going to just blow the roof off of the box office at the same time. I I wonder this movie was originally scheduled to open August 12th. Mm -hmm. Summer movie comedies tend to do pretty well.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. A
1: movie movie like this, I think with the right kind of ad campaign, basically Billy just running up and down the streets, like you know what we do. Mm -hmm. I I think, I think there's more potential for it to have not only open stronger, but build, have time to build word of mouth as it stands there's like 20 movies that have opened in the past three weeks. Yep. Was it rise to move it here?
2: That's hindsight is always 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, But I agree that an August, an August date with this movie puts you in prime counter-programming territory. Exactly. E, and, right. and I just think about like counter-programming, but with like a universal marketing budget is, right. is not is, is a pretty good place to be. Um, and this summer was uh, dreadful. August otherwise. was empty. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, August. Did, August had very, very little coming out, and so but, it's like I don't know what the plan was
1: in moving this movie here. Yeah. I'm trying to th- like. When did Black Phone come out? Black Phone was June. It was June. God. Okay, never mind. Right. Um, it, the was Be- Beast came out in beast. August. That, 12, that yeah. which was which was also Universal, but it's like you can swap that here. Like yeah. it's a it's yeah. scary. Put make it put it's by the I, scary movies. Yeah,
2: but, I think you know, and I think. The there are there are lots of challenges with a movie sure. like this. Sure, in, in that the biggest star in this, I mean, there's a guest star that's obviously the biggest star, but like mm-hmm. of the of the people marketed, like it's Billy Luke and Guillermo, mm-hmm. and and when you're thinking about that. <laughs> it's a it's a little tough, you know, when you don't have a a bigger start not that I think that it needed it. I think the people that were cast in this movie gave the performances that they were meant to give in in and, and very much in tune with what the film was doing mm-hmm. um but yeah, like there's a lot of factors and I think the thing the tough thing about it it's very it's very it feels the way it's been talked about feels very similar to how we talk about black movies or any any sort of my minority in the u s. Not Mm -hmm. Minority in the World, but like, oh, you have to see it because of X, Y, Z. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think that that helped because, like, if you watched the trailer, which we played a little bit of before we started this discussion, what did you have a good grasp of of what the movie would be? Not really, because I don't think it's a very good trailer. (laughs) Yeah. So. So I think... You know, there are seven hundred million movies that are out right now. Mm-hmm. Lots of movies vying for the dollars of communities that don't that get like ten movies made about them versus two hundred. Right. So it's it's just a tough market, but I think it will be fine. I I I honestly want to shift. You know, friend of the pod, Scott Mendelson price for forbes (laughs) and i and this is not a drag on him but just like the way we talk about movie performance Mm -hmm. is weird and i think that in the post not post pandemic changes that like we need to figure out a way to redefine what success on a movie is sure you know like This making five million, four million dollars, they're gonna call it a bomb tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. But like, what if it ends up grossing twenty five, thirty? You know, like in in that regard, if you're speaking about Scott, Scott will absolutely write
1: about that. That is something he will absolutely cover. What if that does occur? Uh, but I know what you mean in a general sense, as far as yes, you you, if you're pronounced dead on arrival opening weekend, then just get cast aside. Yeah. for the most part yes that is the narrative that gets picked up right that yeah. is the way it's spun
0: yeah uh, but i think that's also very interesting what you mentioned there about how we define it post-pandemic because even movies that made like 40 million dollars are considered it's pretty good but pre-pandemic yeah like, that wasn't good you know you need at least like 60 or 80 million but now it's just like wow 40 million was a lot and you know obviously yeah, you got was- Gun maverick being an outlier but even some movies that um we thought were pretty well received at the theaters yeah i i that that's a good point like this is almost like saying like well you know my dollar was worth you know uh 80 cents back in 1977 but it's like well we're in today's terms so you can't really
2: compare the the northman is a good example of 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 what like the northman with its theatrical run everybody was oh my god why did they spend so much money and it's like well, if you see the movie, you'll see why they spent so much money. It's right. literally there on the screen um, and coming through the speakers. But like, <laughs> it's a profitable movie. Now it is. Yes. So like, but you know, when we were talking about it, when it was in theaters, it was like a woe is me tale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's, you know, maybe bros can have that life. Maybe it won't.
1: <laughs> if you want to, I mean, to back up a sec for the Northman, like if you want to talk about that kind of thing, that makes me wonder what the, where that history goes right because it's it, you only know it's profitable because headlines told you it was profitable but like is uh-huh. that gonna is that gonna reach people in general or are people gonna be like oh yeah the northman are they gonna talk about it in any other terms other than oh yeah that was that really expensive movie that flopped or Are they gonna talk about yeah. like that was that great movie that i watched 17 times like yeah yeah like i i don't know what that narrative is as of yet sure. who knows maybe you know years to come people are like yeah the northman that was great like i i don't know or it gets reassessed in some way and it's back in theater whatever but like we're we're it's it's early. It's early to know what word of mouth really means, or what these headlines really have to yeah. add to the whole narrative of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and so and this movie, twenty two billion dollars. It's not a hugely expensive movie. Were right. it to make that, but it will make that money back. As far as by the time this is ended, to theatrical run, and, b- mi- by, and by the 22... time it gets onto Peacock and whatever streaming services, it'll be mm-hmm. profitable. We know this. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, uh, but it's. I am here, like, you know, as far as where this stands in the realm sure. of romantic comedies or just, you know, movies themed around gay characters that exist in a theatrical marketplace. Yeah. I, I wonder what this means for that. You know, well, will I mean, me... well, the fact that it's profitable six months later because of streaming services or what have you make that OK for Oof. the Universal to sign off for another movie. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I can't remember like uh, what Stoller might have said where he's just like sometimes like these first movies aren't the best ones, but they do open up like a floodgate. And I think he brought up examples of like Bridesmaids and whatever else like, you know, obviously Bridesmaids is like kind of a hit, but it was gotcha. just more of, well, here's, you know, the female rom-com raunchiness. Uh, Aspect of it, so here's like sixteen more right after it. You know, it it will follow bridesmaids lead. So I am curious, like, what this might um sort of like do? Because you know we mentioned that it's a Universal release, which is a huge movie studio. Um, and it's great, and you know Billy has been championing that too. He's like the first um uh, gay rom com released by a major distributor. It's like that's fantastic. So I'm curious to see like where this might lead.
2: Um, like within the next like couple years here. Yeah. I I am too. Like I, I think, like I said, it's a good movie. It's worth your time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I hope, I just hope that the conversation is, we. I, I just would rather the conversation about movies be about mm-hmm. the quality of the movies than, For sure. No, that's, yeah. you know, but yeah, it like, now that you know, cause I really, I'm looking, I'm just looking at a list of all the movies that have come out and yeah, they should have released it in August.
1: <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely think they should release in August. I, yeah, and oh, I think the I, summer I, was I, dreary. And I think man. any claim towards well they wanted to have an awards contention is like that's bullshit. They should have released this movie in August. That's bottom. Line. That's how you get what we, we have seen you know you know a movie does not get awards consideration because it did terrible at the box office or September. because like it opened <laughs> in October first We've seen of, yeah.
2: significant Oscar attention for movies that opened up in August. <laughs> so yeah. You know. Yeah. When you I mean w- Oh, I was going to say,
0: like, just very briefly, like, we've all mentioned this before on the podcast and in previous episodes, but it's a brand new world for movie releasing schedules. Like, it doesn't, we're not beholden to just like the good movies are released after September. Uh, it's yeah. like all year round now.
1: When should people see this movie?
2: I see it in theaters
1: with an audience. It'll be fun. There you go. Um,
0: based off of like how good it is and also some of the grips that I had I'd probably say like Dar- Darlo theater
1: uh, for this on our old scale I'd agree with you I do think it's it's very funny it's doing the job it's it's worth it's worth catching for sure yeah all right well let's move on that was our room for bros let's now talk about <laughs> smile
2: why is it that everybody else who's seen it is dead in your life I've seen it too you yeah.
3: How long between each victim's death? None of them survived longer than a week.
2: Today's my fourth day. I am not going to keep running. I have to face it.
1: That should have been some of the trailer for Smile. Curses tend to be a pretty tricky and nefarious enemy for horror leads to face, as there doesn't tend to be an easy solution in escaping one's mortality. Smile. Is the latest film to explore this concept. Writer-director Parker Finn has expanded his 2020 short film, Lara Hasn't Slept, into the story of a doctor faced with a particularly malevolent curse. Working at a psychiatric ward, Dr. Rose witnesses a young woman kill herself while never removing a creepy grin from her face. This bizarre occurrence has now transferred itself to Rose, who is seeing things all over, wrecking her mental state. Will she be able to track down the reason behind this curse that has been passed along to many others before her? Terrence despite your audience experience,
2: (laughs) how did you like Smile? Um, (laughs) I thought Smile was fine. Um, I think it is a very kitchen sink filmmaking approach, which is not inherently bad, right? A lot of of jump scares, a lot of audio cues, a lot of cutting to certain things. Um, And... I thought that up and up until the third act, I really liked what the movie was doing. Um, I think that when the movie slows down, at least the filmmaking of it slows like that, the, the scene that's in the trailer mm-hmm. where she's interviewing the first girl, like that, was um intense, and really really cool. The stuff with people s- smiling in the shadows, or somebody being stopped, like just the different ways of like increasing the dread of a an increasingly mentally struggling character. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought was really really fascinating. Um, I don't know if the movie was. I'm trying to figure out just how to just that there are I feel like there are some things left on the table that could have really enhanced this just in terms from like a maybe digging more into the lore of what is going on, maybe digging more into whether or not what she's seeing is is you know just just a little. I think there was a little more digging that mm-hmm. could have been done. One or two less audio jump scares for you know some more digging because it 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 was an interesting premise. I I, I could have used a, I, I could have used a little more in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the performances across the board were pretty good. Um, and it's is definitely scary, right? There's definitely times that you're gonna jump. But yeah, it's fine. Abe, how about you? Were you smiling during Smile? So
0: pre going into this, you know, I had uh, seen some tweets from horror screenwriters and also uh, some critics like they were like, "Hey man, uh, Smile is is pretty effective. It's it's got some good stuff here, and everyone should go see it." And I was like, "Okay, well, you know, I gotta I gotta temper my expectations here. I gotta just like." calmly go into this because I don't want to be too high or too low and then not give this like a fair shot and minus like all of our our, uh, screening quibbles um, the movie starts and we're getting there and you know it it's just average Like it's kind of like this average horror movie because it's written in a way that allows you to understand what's going on but like what Taryn said it just doesn't have a whole lot of like the lore behind it either and not to compare films directly but there is other films like this that we've probably all seen here today um, including one from an Academy Award winner about not so much like the horror element but more of like the supernatural element of things that gives you a little bit more to it too but you know on the whole of being a horror movie I think that it it's good in parts it, like it, it, it's good in doses but the thing is like those doses sometimes come after a lot of lulls and where you want to apply more pressure and things get a little bit crazier I did feel some of that but also I felt like the movie was also a little bit too long at parts too and yes. it ends up being like uh, like that second act kind of like drags on a little bit and you kind of know where this is going to head to but I was also just thinking like you know if this had been like a tight sorry for the the tires i don't know if you guys can hear the pe- people speel, uh, peeling out but um if this had been like a tight like 135 140 i think it would have actually been a lot better but because you spend a lot of time going to this person or that person to get some backstory without really getting anything it doesn't really add to what we just discussed earlier with bros it adds to like a pacing problem um, so you're expecting like a ratcheted up jump scare or whatever the case is, but sometimes those come sometimes those don't. I think there are some really good visuals here. like there's some creepy visuals in the dark. There's actually like a really cool sequence with just whispers. Um, but I don't think that ultimately I was like, well, you know, like it's become so unhinged that i I like me as an audience viewer, like I'm just totally like uh feeling like how how difficult that is for her. These actors are really good. And I I, I want to kudos like all of the, whoever cast this movie is like these are really good character actors as like people that are just have to do one scene or whatever the case is. Like even the guy from the trailers that just yells you're gonna die. He's actually really good at at his job. Um, but then I didn't like that there is one person in this movie that does know the answer and he is a person of color. (laughs) And I was like, he is the one that's like giving you the real backstory that you need to know. But it also comes at like, you know what? uh, There's like a term for it in the industry of just like this mythical uh, person type thing. And I was like, I don't know how how I like that, but also that doesn't really go anywhere either. So um, at the end of the day, like it's a pretty average horror movie because it doesn't really do anything that you haven't seen done before. And because of that, it didn't lean on a lore that it could have
1: explored more. So here's the thing. I'm not a big fan of The Ring. Gore Verbinski's remake of The Ring. It's not a movie that does much for me. Wow. So if you're not as good as The Ring, you're you're, <laughs> you're not going to work for me. <laughs> this movie very much wants to be The Ring. Um, yes. And it's not. Um, I think Parker Finn does some interesting stuff with the camera now and then. But, you know, as much as I'm not on big on the ring, I am huge on Gore Verbinski. I think he's a great director. Yeah. Um, so this movie, yeah, ultimately didn't work for me. I agree with pretty much everything you said, Abe. Um, I do think it the, the things that work work quite well. Uh, there is a very good cast here and Jesse T. Usher. Um, so dang, <laughs> a... now, damn. <laughs> He's got um, two
3: scenes. <laughs>
1: he's got more than two and yeah. they're not very good. Um I <laughs> was... I um but like when Rob Morgan i'm like, well that's I mean, I agree with you as far as his use of this movie, but like, well, Rob Morgan's, here yeah, that's he cool. He gets it. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a lot of, there's a lot of good like character actors movies. So I'm like, well, this movie is stacked with people that are talented. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's a shame that doesn't add up to more uh because I was intrigued by where this was going. But then in that middle, I was like, this is just like what bothers me about the ring where it's just so long and I'm getting mm-hmm. such dreary things going on that just don't like get me excited. I'm just like waiting for the next jump to happen. Um, and I just honestly just wasn't very scared during this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the creepy parts, I think, are effective. And I do think there's one or two that are really effective. I think there's one involving an alarm and a phone call that uh, I think really mm. worked for me. That, mm-hmm. that's, probably, that's probably the highlight of this. Oh, and, and that isn't going to really involve the smile fact thing. That's just right. more of a misdirect that I appreciated. Um, but the scenes that are that effective just felt few and far between for me. Because this movie is almost two hours. Agreed. And it feels super long. Yes. And I don't want movies like this to feel long. This should be, you know, a roller coaster. Yeah. And if it was a roller coaster, it's a really dreary and boring roller coaster. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a shame because I do think the stuff here that works is effective. I, I like that Kyle Gallner was apparently like cast in screen, like it breaks for this movie. because uh, he, he I remember when he was announced in the screamcast, it was very late. And so now I'm watching this movie thinking, oh, so he just like got off the paramount lot from this and went to that right away, I guess. Like that's <laughs> that's that's why that's why he's barely in scream, but he's you know sure. a full-on supporting character in this film. <laughs> but but I liked. Him because he, there's a lot of deadpan humor that he gets that I think works quite well this movie's funnier than I expected it to be mm-hmm. not always at the betterment of the film because I think it sometimes can it conflicts with the kind of the tone of the rest of the movie but I still you know I'll take some comedy here and there when it comes to the movies like this that could use a some kind of jump start Right. Um but I do wish like you're saying that it just and, and Terrence that it just had more to say like I mean this is another movie about trauma great um we get another trauma film, but it's like, okay, so that cool, you're wearing that theme on your sleeve. That's nice. But what else do we got? I get we're gonna get more about what this right. curse is, or are we gonna get more t- just anything to kind of like supplement what's going on here. And my one of my biggest issues is I think Sosie Bacon is quite good in this. She has mm-hmm. this twitchy performance that I think works really well as far as communicating her um, her like mental state. At the same time, it just kept doing things with her that I didn't understand. Like, why is she all alone? Like, never listening to music. Right, she's just in her house in the dark always. Like, turn on some <laughs> lights, put on some yes. music, do anything else besides. I this thought day. about that too. Like, it's like <laughs> she no- gets home
0: work from from home work uh, from work early one day, and she's like, "Why are you just in the dim dark?
1: No, no normal person would act this way." That kept bothered me, yeah. and then like. She's smart enough to like have all this investigation, like all these folders and files and things and like have all that prepared. But anytime someone's like, she's like, I need to tell you something. She has no idea how to tell anyone anything. It's like, what? Like <laughs> you, you, you've you done all the work. Show the work now. And, yeah. it just, and so it just kept like, that, that's a script thing We just kept kind of, like we need excuses for not to plainly explain the you know horrific thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's not even that hard to explain, it's like, look,
2: here's all of the evidence that yeah, I have. What? To support what I'm saying, nineteen out of nineteen let, times. Let me, let me right, not yeah. use
1: any words that would help say what this evidence is that I have plainly marked in front of you. Yeah, so it's stuff like that that just. That's why it felt long to me. Where it's like, yeah, I agreed. Like, like do anything, do anything else beyond just right. the same thing again. So
2: yeah, I think and to something you said, one of the things that I really struggled with uh, with this movie was like I, I I love a a women who lie to themselves storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's very cinematic. um. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is a movie about grief. And so I thought for a significant chunk of this movie, we're in babadook territory yes in that this thing is attaching itself to people who have struggled mentally and that that would factor into the ending and it doesn't really Mm -hmm. and it also doesn't factor into how the main character or the characters around her approach The stuff that is going on yeah like she sees this girl kill herself in front of her and is like one glass of wine and a hug from her fiance Uh and now she's going out to dinner right like let at no point in time does she try and use tools that she would give to a patient to herself exactly which and like you do get more. a story reason right that she's for a, a very flimsy story reason but yeah. like that is the stuff that i needed more of if your movie is going to be one hour and 55 exactly right. it, yeah if there's it,
1: ways to justify the actions use the running time to do so but it yeah. doesn't
0: <laughs> i think there's also like this element of um it's supposed to make you feel like you're like in a tipping chair type situation yes are you sure or not sure and i think what is a bummer about it is that it's fairly obvious like when obviously like there are some some good scares like what Aaron mentioned but there, it's fairly obvious like when things are obviously not real um and a movie that i also was thinking about when i was watching this is malignant um and obviously mm-hmm. james wan is like way he he's a master at this point of his craft but yes. there's an element of malignant where you're just not sure what you're seeing. It's like a dreamlike state. And you're like, I feel like this is happening, but maybe it's all just happening within like our main character from malignant's head. And I'm not really sure like, is she dreaming about this for real or is she actually there? Like is she clairvoyant? And it's a really like well done, well handled situation. Here, it's kind of just played for a lot of like jump scares or, you know, clever editing. I think the most tension I did feel was in that first sequence where, she's talking to her patient because there's like really good, really fun camera things I should say. Um, and then the other time is like when she's intently listening to an audio clip and even the audience is like, why are you increasing the volume? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a really fun thing. But, you know, beyond that, I think that they're kind of cheap and I don't mean that in in a pejorative way. I just mean that as like, it's just there to scare you at times. Cause there's one sequence where, you know, the cut is that there's somebody that's in a crosswalk and the sound of a horn is there to kind of uh, jolt you as an audience. Like, yeah, but, you know, like if she was actually in like a, a daydream type thing, wouldn't she have been hit by a car or something like it, it should have been more more uh, mean spirited in some way. But, you know, like I think it, it just ultimately falls fairly average because Aaron, I didn't even think about the ring but now that i'm thinking about it, it's like yes i get that there's a conceit in in both those same movies but mm-hmm. it's also, it's also just like yeah we've seen other movies that are better than this
1: and well, it's also I, like it's ill to def- like the Ring least has like a stupid fucking rule it's like 7 days where
2: like this is like i guess maybe you die after a while i don't know whatever like it just like, like, i did so. like that. I was just like you know it's in between it was 7 days here but it was also 5 and it was also 4, four. and it also got stopped one time at 4 uh-huh. Um. Yeah, that that I had an issue with, because mm-hmm. I just I think I and here I think it's something that you just tapped into where it's like this movie couldn't decide whether to be subjective or objective, mm-hmm. and so oftentimes in the same scene, and like point of view is so very important. Like we're taken along with this journey with this woman, and we're seeing the weird things that we're she's seeing, but then. At other times, we're experiencing her, how other people are experiencing her, but then it's not tight enough on what she's going through to make that work. Like, oh, yeah. I entirely she's got, agree with this. Got a fiance. Right. Who gets dropped, by the way. Like, there's no. I'm talking. Yes. I'm talking <laughs> about like gone. Yeah. I, I yeah. was like. Huh? There's yeah. a
1: weird number of of like loose threads that are not tied right. up that yeah. bothered me. And but I, I but I know you're exactly what you're saying as far as like perspective. is the kind of thing where it's... movies like this, I wonder if they play fair. Where yeah. you know the the rules. It's not like I you know a horror movie weird shit happens. Yeah, fine, weird shit happen. Like I get right. that, but at the same time, it's like I I don't need it to be like a, you know I don't need a book to yeah. like have everything laid out as far as what's what you know smile curse monster is going to do to me. But right. at the same right. time. You, there, I, I feel like I I need some kind of like understanding of what's the what's the solve here yeah. if any or something I, it's hilarious because like um,
0: you know what we're sort of describing here is an unreliable narrator but for horror movies that's actually okay but here they actually yeah. just don't really explore the unreliable narr- narrator that well which actually just kind of makes you think you know some scares are are better than other scares and then you know things just have to happen I think the other way that I sort of thought about it when you were describing it is like you know, <laughs> this came up on Twitter like a, a few weeks ago where like the one eighty rule of things, and they they mentioned um, the latest Fantastic Beast movie where a Oof. person is viewed, and then in the next shot you're like, this actually shouldn't be happening because we were at the point of view of one person, yeah. but the other person moved. So for this one, it's like you know, some of that is kind of happening too, where we're as an audience member, you're just like, what happened? She actually has a really good line to her fiance. of just like, okay, so the person I'm supposed to trust most in this world is like the person that, that doesn't believe me. You're like breaking mm-hmm. like my heart kind of thing. And then like what you guys said there, no real consequence to that. You know, that actually is actually some pretty profound stuff about her trauma and grief. But I think ultimately, too, there's something that I just didn't understand you know, or would you just call it like the the smile face monster or smile face curse monster? whatever. Yeah, yeah. False, false curse monster. <laughs> like I don't understand why she thought what she was gonna do in the third act was, was gonna work, because we as an audience don't even know the origin of this. Like if it had been one of those things, like again malignant, where she had seen these things her whole life, or something like uh Aaron, yeah. or Terrence you mentioned yeah, if with, um, yeah. with black hat coat coat man. Um, but it's it's like oh I get it like this is definitely something that's haunting you and you are the only one that can like you know a a Freddy Krueger type thing where it's like it's happening to these kids because of a specific reason and they are the ones that can stop Freddy Krueger and they know how now like it actually was cool for her to be like you know I'm I understand that I
1: am also in control of my own mind but where does that go? Like, I don't understand. So I think that it's like it's like it's like in the, like a time loop movie where the character's like, "I'll just do a good thing; that'll be fine," and then it doesn't work. Except this movie's like, <laughs> "I'm convinced that it's going to work." Like, right? I, I've yeah. done it. <laughs> yeah, and I I think my other
0: gripe with this is just that. And nobody believes her. And not even for like the same reason that you guys were pointing out. I'm just like, you know, she's a doctor. She's a medical doctor. She's a psychiatrist. She should have like the lexicon and the vocabulary to describe things to her. And she kind of does when she goes to see uh, her own therapist. But I just didn't like how everyone was like, what are you talking about? I think you should just take some time off. Yada, yada, yada. In other movies that are better, they'd be like, I believe you. Let me try and help you. And then that person dies in her quest to go and, like, you know, take care of this thing, which doesn't happen. It happens in the form of Rob Morgan. But even that is thrown away, like, fairly quickly. Yeah. It just doesn't make any, like, real sense. So, again, unreliable narrator... That is
1: not very good in a horror movie. It's because well, I I believed it from Cal Penn. I was like, I believe he's acting the way he needs to be acting. But it was the like her family and her fiance that just kept pissing me off. Where it's like, do yes, these people okay. just automatically like, do they already hate her? Like, I don't yeah. understand this dynamic at all. Like, it seems like they're always against her from the start. Yeah, and it's like oh, this is annoying. <laughs> I can't I even... kept I kept on like thinking to myself at the screen. I was like, just
0: just find like this would never happen if this was like an Asian family or like you know a black family or what have you. It's like. Like, again, I love the 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 thing we call, always bring back to is it, like insidious. Like they just move out of the house, but it doesn't do anything.
2: Yeah. But at least they tried to move out of the house. You know? Yeah, I think that, like I think I think there are like little foundational things that that kept the movie from it just. Nobody in her position is going to be allowed to come back to work after something like that happens, mm-hmm. let alone you know get to do it and then be like take the day take the week you know see go see your therapist again because you just witnessed somebody die in your face mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like a whoops, it was a I just saw someone smiling at me while they cut their fucking throat open. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a yeah, that's a take a work leave right. Yeah, and like, yeah, like what you're saying
0: too, Tim, like you have to go seek counseling for this. This is not normal. Yeah, like not not even like your behavior, more just
2: like what you experience is not normal. Yeah, just there are you know, it's like, okay, so we've got this ex who works for the police, <laughs> which a very messy. Right. and i, I super I cool liked, guy though he's like he
1: he's relatable he listens he has like french movie posters like he's just lives like, in a studio, <laughs> he lives in a studio. Yeah. how he could
2: <laughs> although the higher up the, the, the like the police in big cities do make a lot of money um but <laughs> it was how that was developed and how they didn't bring the fiance back into the pic like I think I just I just wanted more like I wanted more either more of a sense of malevolence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or like more of a sense. Of how everybody around her was failing her except for this one guy. Yeah. Because to have him be involved in the story, I was like, OK, that's smart. Like, go talk to your police buddy and like figure it out and like work it out. But like, how is your fiance never going to come back into the picture? Like, where are you living?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's very messy in that regard. I just right. didn't yeah,
2: appreciate it.
1: Um I also I agree with you as far as make it like more more malevolent. Like I didn't think there was enough smiling in this movie, honestly, for a movie called Smile. I thought right. there'd be more of that yeah. and it didn't feel yeah. like there was enough. It'd be yeah. cool if there was like a scene of like, you know, fifty people doing smiling at them. Like that'd be creepy for one
2: thing, but also why yeah. is there not more of this? I guess well, I gotta wait for no, smile like, to smile yeah, harder smiles. <laughs> yeah, I think that only harder, the only effect of smiles were when they, when the filmmaker was like, I've seen hereditary. Um, so let me sure. put somebody in a dimly lit, um, yeah, I agree that with that was, also. That was oh, a great shot.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I wanted. I, I agree with those two real quick just because I didn't think some of the cast members that have to smile were very good at smiling. <laughs> you know, I don't think they were that effective at being as creepy. <laughs> yeah, nearly. that girl I mean, was the, yeah, one, one, I see why she's person.
2: on the poster, right? Um, definitely. but then the other, the other creepy one was just like that person standing still that she could see from her, from like the window. window. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I thought there, and I thought there would be more of that. I thought that, right. it wasn't.
2: It wasn't like nearly a
1: fact. And it's like that's yeah. not just like COVID restrictions. That's just like a lack of putting people in when you could have. Yeah,
0: agreed. Like yeah, that I
1: party agree. could have had a great scene where all of them are smiling at her. Yeah, perfect like party. It, it
0: would have been actually really fun that way. And again, like when funny, she falls like and
1: the... like she falls in the glass and she looks up and like if everybody Everybody's, was smiling at her, that'd be yeah. crazy, right? That that the hell out of me.
0: Yeah, or you know, even like have her cat with a smile, you know, Cheshire style. <laughs> um, but, uh, I also, again, there's like good creepy things in here, but they kind of like, you know, excuse like the, the, the language was, it, they just like blow their load early. I was like, you showed me like the good stuff early on and it just becomes like less good. And then we have to get to the third act where I thought that there was like some good practical effects. Cause I think that there's like a really yeah. tall guy in here, but even that just like, this doesn't make any sense to me because why would, uh, this person who uh, is witnessing this at the end of the movie, he did all the homework with you. Why is this happening? Like,
1: yeah, I, uh, I think the end is crap. Uh, yeah. Just plain, just bad. It's a bad, right. bad ending. <laughs> I think it's a bad ending on multiple
0: levels. Yes. Of, of, very um, much so. You know, even like even upwards of like 20 or maybe like 15 minutes of the ending. I was like, the audience was like shocked. And I was like this, you guys should not be shocked. You guys shouldn't be writing a letter to the director and be like, this is a a week ending.
2: I just, I I would have loved for her to try the solution. <laughs> That's that would what, have been. I mean,
1: I I thought certain characters that we don't see again might have been factored into that, but that didn't happen. Yeah.
2: Yes. So. Like you, you sort of see it, but it's not really. Yeah, and I'm like, I. I would have, I would have liked to see more of an attempt. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Well, again, Aaron
0: has hopes for a Smile too,
2: so Smile
1: harder. Yeah, oh, God. yeah exactly. Uh, this good score, by the days. way. I think the score of this movie is quite good. I
0: thought the score was really good too. Did you also listen to the the credits? Uh, which like there's the like a MP. second part. There's a second song in the credits where it's actually just like people screaming. And they yeah, mixed yeah, yeah, it okay. into, like,
1: music. And I was like, this is scary. <laughs> yeah, no, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. yeah, but I thought the
0: score was actually really good in this, like, in general. Just uh, And I think that there's, again, uh, we'd mentioned, like, some of the, the other characters. But, yeah, there's really good character actor work in here, including, yes, the girl
1: who, who uh, you've seen on the posters. But even like Judy Reyes shows yeah, Judy up Reyes for, like, comes in three for three minutes. Minute. Yeah. yeah, And It's like, like it's really good, good. That's a good scene. Yeah, um, I, I I do think Cal Penn is solid in this movie. I like I like that Cal he's Penn. old enough old enough yeah. now where he's playing like mentor doctor figure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. That's right. funny to me that he's like that's how old Cal Pen is now. Okay, but uh, yeah, he's like our age. <laughs> I don't think Jesse DiGeshe is necessarily bad. I just think his character is very badly written. I hear um, what you're saying, that, and that I'm, that I'm curious to, like how you feel about her brother-in-law. Which I think you were mentioning. Like, oh, he was laughs. hilarious. He's yeah. <laughs> like he's terrible. Like they all see him and the sister both were, like really hate her for some reason. But like yeah, I thought that they, they were funny. Like, doing I, yeah,
0: it. I just thought because I'm curious. Like where where your uh, comment of like sometimes the laughs aren't really effective was like I he's he's a funny guy, but at the same time
1: like he's also like a pushover, which I found hilarious. Um, That's where yeah, I mean it's just like comedy coming in certain places like that where it's like really I mean, yeah, I'm it. laughing, but it's like. I don't know if I needed to have the laugh right. here. Like sure. Okay. So yeah. Smile. When, I'm I'm bummed. When should
2: people see it? When should people see this movie? Um it is best seen in a crowd. Is it? Is it hopefully, yeah, it's like hopefully from you'll your experience? Get it doesn't sound do. like it. Honestly honestly. This this feels like a a streaming play. Okay. Abe.
0: Hey. Yeah, for me, like, for what it is, for what it uh, it isn't, what we just talked about here, it seems like there's more misses than hits. And this is, like, something where you can watch it, like, on TBS or TNT, like, during a Halloween run with commercials.
1: I was going to say this movie originally began as a Paramount Plus uh, plan, and then they moved it to screens based off test screenings. Um, But Paramount Plus yeah I think it you know it's worthwhile as far as yeah audience for a movie like this Unfortunately, I just don't think it's very good so I'd say yeah wait till it's on Paramount Plus see it then. <laughs> there you go all right so that's our thoughts on smile we did it guys mm-hmm. the so Halloween
0: let's... season is off to a
1: mediocre start spooky seasons here <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Ugh, brutal all right let's move on let's get to what uh what time is it here Aaron I think it's time for a quick game here shit
0: yes like we're we're waiting <laughs> let it know in fact that's actually the ringtone uh that you hear whenever you enter the smiley house but they didn't <laughs> uh they took it out because aaron was like i want to license it but they're like no you cost too much
1: <laughs> yeah that's that one that is of course the improv theme for games and i have a game for you guys this week mm-hmm it is called Alternative Movie Titles Cursed Edition. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. Great title, by the way. I just want to say that. Thank you. Uh I am going to read you alternative movie titles to popular movie titles. The theme of these involves, of course, curses and movies. Uh so a clarified like you... question. These are real alternative titles or are the ones that you made up? I made up these titles.
2: Okay, great, great. Yeah. Uh, two real movies. Yeah, <laughs> okay. make that clear. So you're, you're gonna say the fake title, and we have to guess the real movie. Correct. That Got is it. correct. Okay, yes. gotcha. Yeah. If you feel you know the answer, buzz in with your name and then the answer. Fantastic.
1: Here's the first one. A circle. Terrence. Terrence. The ring. The ring is the correct okay. answer. You're on like the board. This. Yeah, yeah. Here's the next <gasps> one. Last stop.
0: Abe. Abe. Final destination. Final destination is the correct answer. Which has a lot oh, of right. elements in Smile, but Smile just doesn't do that well either. Honestly, yeah.
2: I almost uh-huh. said, "Isn't there a horror movie called Last Stop?" Probably. <laughs> Probably <be> surprised. Here's <laughs>
1: okay. the next one. Tracking you,
2: Abe. Abe. It follows. It follows is the correct. Oh Another gosh. better movie. <laughs> I'm about to I'm about to, this is about to be bad. No, okay. Terrence,
0: you're going to come on strong here.
2: Yeah. Here's here's the next one. Losing weight
0: um losing weight um uh, cursed movies cursed movies losing weight
1: Abe, Abe thinner, thinner is the correct answer <laughs> there we go. wait yeah. wait wait do impre- do a uh, very uh, problematic impression of a gypsy <laughs> um that's <laughs> <right, next one. laughs> I didn't know that. Here's the next one. Strange. what? Strange, Terence? It incorrect. Strange, Strange. Oh, your inflection really helps out.
0: Strange. Um, hmm, Terence said it's strange. I'm gonna say. I don't know. I don't think this is a movie title, but weirdo? You're very
1: close. Terrence? Terrence? Weird? Incorrect. The answer is freaky. Freaky. Oh,
2: okay. Okay.
1: Cursed. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one fact or challenge? Fact or challenge? I know you just had a ball coming up with the <laughs> yep <laughs> do you have this one
2: this seems like one of the easier ones in my eyes yeah but is there a it's, horror I'm, movie? It's, it's I'm trying to think of curse it, it, it's, yeah. it's thinking of the movie it's you know trying to go through the Rolodex I mean Abe Abe truth or dare
0: truth or dare is the great movie yes okay about a curse
2: I, yeah I mean a couple I, years
0: ago Oh, a couple years ago. Okay, I was like, I don't remember this, but...
2: i with uh, Lucy Hale and Tyler Posey. Look at you knowing the cast. We should have done the cast of Cursed Movies, Aaron. Here's, <laughs> here's the next one.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Tired and Empty. Terrence. Terrence. Oh, F, I just had it. I'm going to say Dead or Alive, even though I know that's wrong. It's wrong. Tired or
0: Empty? Tired, Empty. Not, not or just tired, empty. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if Terrence were for to buzz in again, no, go ahead. I don't have one. <laughs> um, tired, empty. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of like synonyms. But... I w- I was like sleepful,
2: but that's not. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I want to say doctor sleep but that's wrong. The answer is sleepy hollow. Sleepy hollow. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Tired empty. Yeah, okay. Cuz I was like
0: uh, cuz I was going to say like um uh... you said you
2: said tired space MC. I thought I was thinking like it was going to be one word. Tired. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was going to be like dead silence
1: tired no. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, good one, okay. Aaron. Here's the next. That was a fun one to do. Here's the next one: murder of a special fawn. Terrence, Terrence, the killing of a sacred deer. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the next one. Yep, taking
2: them to the underworld. Huh. Terrence, Terrence, drag me to hell. Drag me to oh, hell is the a great answer, Terrence. Picking one. up
1: Steve here. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Here's the next one. Okay. Kids games. Oh, Abe, Abe, child's play. Child's play is correct. Here is the last one. A resentment.
0: Hmm. <laughs> a, resent... a resentment.
1: It sounds like a like a like a legal drama thriller. Yeah, well, I yeah, have a resentment. Robert Downey Jr. In the resentment, <laughs> yeah. the trailer's
0: just him saying, "Like I object, Your Honor," while wearing sunglasses in court. Yeah, Um, the re- a resentment
1: or the resentment? A resentment. The article makes no difference here. I just oh, need okay word for resentment. I was, like, well, resentment resentment.
0: Must, I was <laughs> like, it must be a something in the real title too, but a resentment. Um, To resent. Okay, I resent you. Um, <laughs> Work a this out. Resentment. Terrence. Terrence? The witch. Incorrect. Okay. A resentment. Am I um, am I ice cold? Uh Maybe. I mean it's not right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, a resentment. Um, I don't I don't know. Wishmaster? It's the grudge. The grudge.
1: <laughs> Good job it's, on playing out the you're at the I start I started and ended with J Horror. Um, I like it. I like that. Yeah. Well, Terrence, you did come back with a with a nut with a nice uh, three hits there. But Abe, you are a winner this week with Ooh. five. Correct. Yeah.
2: Let's go. Uh, good job. Good job. Both of you. Good game. Yeah. Thanks for that. I that thought it was, was fun. That was the hardest game that we have played <laughs> on this podcast.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that was games. Let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. 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 This is where you go to the very questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com. We have a number of questions to the listeners, and they gave us some answers. Uh, Terrence, feel free to chime in as we go along here. Uh, First up, name some creepy horror movie faces. Chris writes The Pale Man in Pan's Labyrinth, Eyes of Other Face, and The Chatterer from Hellraiser. Hmm. And Christopher as uh, Norman Bates at the end there when he's making his his own smile.
0: Yeah, talking about smiley faces. Mm Mm-hmm. Creepy horror faces? Yes. I mean it's not a horror movie, but you know, Edgar suit Edgar's actually pretty good. And it keeps on keeps on getting worse as the movie progresses, just
1: like an American Werewolf in London. That (laughs) that works, yep. Yeah. I uh horror movie faces. Tim Burton gives me a few, but um there there is large marge in Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. Scariest part of the movie. But and there's also the 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 um uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin when they're doing their faces in uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, when they're extending it and
0: the eyes pop out. All oh, that man. stuff, yes. That's fun.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, The Exorcist.
0: I now I can't sleep, Terrence. Thanks. <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> I'll never see that movie ever again.
2: I really it like 12 <laughs> yeah. okay well yeah that explains uh,
1: pazuzu wants you
2: it, oh come on very funny that i that was one of my christmas gifts one year
0: you uh, got
2: <laughs> i asked for that for christmas and then me and my mother watched it oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> and it was the um it was like you know like they they show it they showed it on tv but they like cut out a lot you know three quarters of the movie yeah so i didn't realize how much just how much cursing it was in it, it that was that was the most shocking thing it was just the, the amount sheer amount of cussing that that right. character was doing um you know it's yeah. not a scary face because it's kind of just
0: more of like a shock jump scare type thing not even a jump scare just more of like a scare thing but in the others when nicole kidman is like going to go talk to her daughter Mm-hmm. but it's the medium you're just like this is what is happening here this is creepy yeah
1: yeah you know what's a good one Um, mm-hmm. uh, when ian holm as bilbo like it's all you know yes. angered uh, yeah angered out for that in that half second in the fellowship it's like give it to me dude that it's like that's a that's a killer moment. Scare. yeah that's a great like peter jackson wanted to have some fun this day kind of moments <laughs> yeah he's like you guys didn't go see my my movie
0: screamers but here it is frighteners frighteners <laughs> Here, I'm a, no, I was playing wow. Aaron's game. so Aaron, you get that point. <laughs> um, well, the next question here. What are some great horror films involving curses? Christopher writes, The Mummy movies with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Inner and Drag Me to Hell. Scott writes, Cheesy but a guilty pleasure. Thinner based on Stephen King's short story. Chris has All the Evil Deads and It Follows. And Todd writes, Drag Me to Hell. Any movies involving curses? I come to mind i am a big dragon hell fan i, I do that movie a lot yeah is that the one where like the corpse spits on somebody
1: among other things yes there are, yeah. there lots are there, of... there's lots of spitting and yeah fl- fluids yeah, yeah. yeah okay <laughs> sam raby didn't uh but also also kind of funny oh it's hilarious but <laughs> sam raby wasn't uh playing for you know he wasn't playing kids games <laughs> with dragon <laughs> <of> hell <laughs> um I mean, we mentioned it in
0: in some of the other stuff, but you know, technically, in Child's Play, he's cursing that doll because
1: he yeah, he's it's a voodoo, voodoo curse cursing it. Yeah, yeah. another non problematic Brad
0: one. Brad Dorf cursing
1: it. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. What's your horror film of choice that deals with trauma? Uh, Chris writes Antichrist. Oh, Jesus. I mean, okay, <laughs>
3: I'm really going for it. He's
1: trying to capture Marcus Robinson's heart with that one, I guess. But, uh... <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but you know, malignant's a really fun one. One of those fun trauma movies. Um, She's just dealing with it <laughs> her whole life, though. I
1: don't know if it's fun, but <laughs> you said fun. I'm just going off you. <laughs> it's
0: it's a fun ending <laughs> with the chair throw.
1: <laughs> um, there's you know
0: there's there's a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, like one that one that isn't so much like slasher or spooky or whatever the case is is uh, sounds of the Lambs Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can okay. you still hear this lamb's uh, screaming, Clarice? I'll allow it. I'll, oh, thank you, Terrence. I will allow it. Thank you.
2: Because uh, I can't think of one right now. <laughs> if you come up with something, feel free to just I, it. I ran. do
1: like I like what Ari has been doing. I do think there's a lot of trauma involved in
2: both. A ton. So. Yeah. You want you want to talk about somebody? Ari asked. I need Ari asked to be held in a, need a psychological hold. Wow. Okay. For a week. So, something, something, and this I, its, it's something—is not right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've enjoyed the movie. I've enjoyed the movie. So this is not. This is this is me joking. Actually, yeah, I, yeah. I, I jokingly talk about uh, people needing to be arrested and be put on psychological holds. But uh, I do want. I do want an examination of, of him. Well,
1: we'll see you what see, happens with his with his like three and a half hour Joaquin Phoenix movie that he's yeah, making. Yeah, that's gonna <laughs> be.
0: I I'm gonna be like Aaron. I think I'm gonna just like. <laughs> pass out <laughs> um, in any case yeah Ari Asher is a good person that deals with a ton of trauma right? so uh, I'm your mother um, and I wish uh, I wish you weren't born <laughs> uh, the next question here what are some great LGBTQ uh, icons on film Chris has has to be Ian McKellen and power couple collaborating together John Waters and Divine uh, Christopher writes Harvey Firestein. Lady Chablis? Chablis, yeah. Uh Chablis, uh Ish uh, Ishmael Merchant and James Ivory. Greg Araki, Judy Garland, and Marlene Dietrich. Any other great LGBTQ plus icons on film? Oh gosh. Cher. Cher?
2: You're talking about from Mamma Mia 2, right? Don't <laughs> don't do the Oscar winner. <laughs> Don't do an Oscar-winning actress chair like this. <laughs> fine, Moonstruck <laughs> chair. We get it. <laughs> I mean, she was she was fine in Mamma Mia too. Uh, I've only what seen was her in a, the trailer. What was around her? Um, <laughs> was there? Mm-hmm. Uh, why is nobody coming to mind? Even though I <laughs> <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> Nobody coming to mind, even though there's so many. Well, if something does
0: come to mind, or if you want to Google search it real quick, feel free. Gay actors in
1: movies.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, what are the what are the great what are the great modern rom coms? Um, I said modern, but here comes Christopher with When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless <laughs> in Seattle, Hitch, Jeffrey, and which Jeffrey? What am I thinking of? What's that? Uh, well Hitch know. is modern. No, what's
2: what's Jeffrey?
0: I don't know Jeffrey. Um
2: is it spelled G-E
1: or no, J-E, J-E. G with a J.
2: Jeffrey movie. Is that something I'm missing? It stars. It's from ninety five. Who's in it? 95. Patrick Stewart, Steve Weber, Sigourney Weaver, Nathan Lane. Rom com icons, Patrick Brian Stewart. Back. <laughs> it's a gay romantic comedy. Based on a play, depicting the life and times of Richard Jeffrey. Okay. okay. Right. Jeffrey and Moonshook. Uh Chris has Amelie. Amelie, wow! What are some wow. great modern rom-coms? Like modern as in they were filmed modern times, or modern as in I think like within uh, the last like fifteen years. I, the, yeah, that's
1: that's more what I was angling towards, just well, more like recent
2: from modern. But I do like what you're angling at,
1: as far as yeah, contemporary rom-coms.
2: <laughs> yes, you know I. You know, I I'm a Pride and Prejudice 2005 Stan. There you go. And yeah, that um, movie's hilarious. Even, even though I would consider that more of a romance drama than a <laughs> I was on, comedy, I I'm mentioning it here regardless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I I love I mean, to all the boys I've loved before. That has like a three-piece or a trilogy. Are you Yeah, the and trilogy? I still haven't I still haven't seen the last one. Okay. Um but the that first where that they died a fiery explosion—the
0: only possible ending for that trilogy. The <laughs> that first, first one, one was a phenomenon. Like it took key, the world by
2: storm. Low key what revitalized the rom-com genre. Wow, like made it like made it viable again. I truly think that. Okay. Um. Because you know people were not, you know, making rom-coms. Yeah, Chris Chris Evans was in the one with Anna Faris, and they were like the number one or something like that. What's your number? What's your number? Yeah, yeah, and okay. they were like, if if we can, if half naked Chris Evans is not even going to get people to theaters, why make these? Oh, and Netflix wow. was like, we don't need to worry about getting people in the theaters, but we're just going to make a good movie, and they did. Um, <laughs> I mentioned one earlier. Uh, they came together. It's really yeah. kind of farcical, but it's really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm this is tough because like there's there's another movie that's in my mind but I don't know if that's a, a so much of a rom-com as it is just a, a drama? A light what, what drama. What movie? The Way He Looks Brazilian film came out in 2014 Oh wow Jaren's um yeah that'd be the only other one that I would throw up there
1: Okay. all right. Anything from you Aaron? I think they came together is
2: a fun answer for it. Yeah. Uh, great. Well, the last
0: question here, uh, which we didn't get any answers for, but we can still answer. What are some great films dealing with underrepresented groups without feeling like Oscar bait? You mentioned The Wood. The Wood is good. That's like from 98. Less can we 29. Can 99. we go back a, a little less far? <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Anything they want to say recently. <laughs> Um I don't know. Was Crazy Rich Asians? Was that like Oscar That's, Beatty? No, not at all. No. It's a summer comedy. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like that one I, I mean that I, I really enjoyed. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that if it's the previous question.
2: Yeah, although that maybe yeah, rom com.
1: But yeah, that was that was good. And I really liked it. Um yeah, I don't think those like you know, like blind spotting or, or even like dope, or which is also Rick Famayua from the wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think those are just, are like, you know, going for Oscars when they're being made. Right. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm just, we're talking like, about black movies now. <laughs> like, and I those mean. are two really good movies too. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm a, I'm gonna throw Drama Rama out there. That movie came out last year. Drama Rama, um, indie movie about like five drama kids who are spending sort of one final night together before they go off on their on their separate ways to college. Oh, okay. Um, lots of interesting things happening in that movie. Yeah. Um so yeah okay um i'm gonna throw in her uh from
0: 2013 because you know there's just not a lot of uh, androids that that are on the screen The movie nominated for like five oscars but you know <laughs> what i w- <laughs> but I, I will defend this <laughs> yeah, I because
2: it. <laughs> when it first came out uh-huh if we weren't thinking about it as an Oscar movie, the quality and the box office and the critical reception made it into that. Made it into one where, so. where he wins for best original screenplay. I, don't know, so. I, I think a movie coming from Annapurna at the end of
1: the year with Walking Phoenix from Spike <laughs> Jones feels like an Oscar drama. Movie. Yeah, it's a yeah. movie it's about was... a dude falling in love with
2: a, an operating system.
1: It's a, what yeah, about that It's screams... about the
0: operating system. How many Oscar like, to you? The, the guy, the, saw that? The guy, AI- that, the guy that helped make Oscar
1: winner Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind <laughs> made another sci fi based And makes like a award-winning but, music videos yeah.
2: but a weird a weirder movie with you know a weirder star falling in love with technology come on
3: <laughs>
2: well, i'm he, glad that i that, that wasn't there was nothing oscar about it until people saw it and were like Holy i disagree crap, this i great. think
1: it's just, i think spike jones falls in the category of like tarantino where it's like whatever like, they're like, doing we automatically consider it doesn't matter if, like, no. it or what.
2: if that movie oh yes because because where the wild things are was was such an incredible Oscar Bait.
0: <laughs> really great trailer. In a different world it could have been. <laughs> in a different
1: world. But you're picking out the one movie that wasn't where every other one of his <laughs> films is.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we need more representation of operating systems falling in love. On oh screen. my gosh.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just that and Mitchell's versus machines, right? Yeah. Those exactly. are the two. <laughs> Everyone else is trying to kill you. We're the ones that are trying to love you. I mean, I guess robots in general, right? So, like your AI and your, and your terminators, <laughs> they all they're all AI that learn to love.
0: I mean, you know, if if Arnold could say that a Terminator can learn why people cry, why can't he learn why people love?
1: That's what that's what Glenn Close is for because you can determine who the good Terminators are <laughs> and the bad Terminators are. Oscar drama, right there.
0: There you go. We Combinator. just wrote another. We just wrote another one for Hollywood for free. There you go, guys. You hear that Project Greenlight? Just wrote it. It's already
1: out. We talked about (laughs) Ronnie Howard made that movie.
0: (laughs) Well, we're making a reboot of it. Okay.
1: (sighs) All right. All right. (laughs) That's enough feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. You can find more of my work in my personal blog The code Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing reviews for We Live Entertainment and Why So Blue. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe?
0: You can find more friends over my Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash WalrusMoose. Hashtag, are you there, God? It's me, Martina, and <laughs> Great,
2: great book title. I wish that there was a real book. Uh, my name is Terrence, and you can find more of my work at LenoirTour.net, L-E-N-O-I-R-A-U-T-E-U-R.net. And I'm on Twitter at Terrence B. Johnson. Great. You can find all the other episodes about now name on
1: iTunes, audiobook Spotify, and Stitcher.
0: SoundCloud, Podomatic, H-H-W-L-O-D. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Or run our Facebookwath well, Facebook.com slash or Twitter us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast.
1: And follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast as well. And of course, leave us a review and rating on iTunes. And stay tuned for all the horror episodes that will be coming along. Uh Terrence, thank you very much for joining us. Thank week. you, Terrence. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> for sure. Glad to have you here as always. Um we do have our horror episodes coming, as I just mentioned. Next week we'll be talking Amsterdam. Oh. And that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, so long and goodbye.
2: You, but I just can't get, get no relief, relief, Lord Somebody 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 Somebody, somebody.